the times that you get like super nervous or like I've really prayed certain prayers of just like on the times where I, the lies come up like, oh, I'm, I'm not the person for this job or like right. I have to go up and lead and I don't feel confident. I don't, I feel really shaky of just praying of like, Lord, please just hide me behind your cross. Like let them see you in me. Mm -hmm. Like, and that, I just feel like that has helped dispel so much. You know, we always say like less of me and more of you. And, and I just, I've found with certain people, like pastors leading people in their lives that like, they're like, oh my word, they're just so confident and they're just, they know who they are and stuff. And if you really ask for the most part in a, in a really centered person, you'll, I, I just feel like the answer is, well, I, like, I just, I love Jesus and I found my identity in Jesus. Good morning, I'm Pastor Adcock, and this is Miss Darby Bell Adcock. How are we doing this morning, Darby? Good morning, I'm doing wonderful. Good. I don't know if you can see it, but her coffee is here on oh, the right-hand side. Don't or... you worry, I'll make sure you see it. Okay. I, yeah. It has a lot of foam on it today. It does. I have I have a, what is it, a milk frother. Oh, so okay. So I... Feeling, I put a little cinnamon on top today, too. Man, it is happening at the Adcock household. Yes, it is. It is quite the coffee day. You know, coffee is something strange because I love the smell of it, but I haven't acquired a taste for it yet. Mm. So if I drink coffee, it would be Coca-Cola. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I I, I'm always so confused when people are like, oh, I have my like Dr. Pepper in the morning or my Coke. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. And uh, I guess coffee does sound better for breakfast. But people drink, I've known people drink coffee almost 24-7. I can't, well, I, I've gotten some thicker coffee, but if I drink like, you know, like the diner coffee that they like, you know, they always refill and stuff. It's so weak that oh. I, I do feel like I'm always dehydrated after that. So I can't, I can't drink that all day, Okay. but I try to do like with a good cup of coffee, one in the morning, if I'm exhausted, maybe two, and then I'll have one at like three. Okay. All right. Well, good deal. So we're into the second Sunday of the year already. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm in the second part of a series called Blessed to Bless. Mm -hmm. um, you, I don't know if you were there the first week. You were there the first week. Yes. I, the, yeah. Yeah, you were there. And I don't know why I was thinking maybe you weren't there. But I think uh, the weekend, the time before. Okay. Man, I feel like with the holidays, that like I feel like we've just like recovered. And it's well, like, when was that? In our church, too, we went from two services to one for New Year's Day and oh, Christmas. Yeah. So get a little <clears throat> confused sometimes about who's there and who's not there. Usually mm -hmm. you think it'd be different having, <clears throat> excuse me, having two services I know, and uh, not being able to keep track, but I, I do better keeping track with two than I do with one. So I don't know. We'll see how that goes. But uh, so this has been second weekend, Matthew chapter five, um, blessed to be blessed. We've looked at two aspects. First week we looked at, it begins from the inside out. Mm-hmm. And then that was kind of the Beatitudes, Matthew 5, 1 through 12. And then yesterday we looked at verses 13 through 16, and we says it, it continues through, we have to we have to know, we have to believe what Jesus says we are. Yeah. And we have to believe who we are, who Jesus says we are. And even before we kind of dive into that, I just want to go back, because I think when you had talked about it begins from the inside out, I took a few notes yesterday. And you had said from, I believe this was from last week, it says don't allow circumstances, and this is what part of... How do we, you know, it begins from the inside out. Don't allow circumstances to form their life or form our lives. Yeah. And then you also said to choose to model Jesus in our lives. And I just wanted to kind of hit that of like, why, you know, how, why, or what does it look like when people really allow their circumstances to, to form their lives? And how do we, how do we get out of that? And why is it so easy? We're trying to look at this series, not so much from the feet of Jesus, but from the feet of the audience listening to Jesus and we're, and we're, 
we're making some projections that we don't know. We know there are different groups of people there, but are there victims there? Are there people who have had terrible things happen in their life? And one of the things we looked at was a little bit about their society that has one view of people. There's the religious organizations that have a different view of people, not always positive, either one. And what, and so many times people go through these negative circumstances, abuse, betrayal, uh, getting fired, um, something just bad happening in their life. And that circumstance begins to form their life. They begin to, ch- their character, their behavior changes according to the circumstance they're in. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like somebody goes to work and they're like, I, I got a race today and they're all excited. Somebody else goes to work, I got fired today, they're all sad. And we try to bring meshes together with Paul says we're to be thankful for all things. How can we be, how can we have an attitude of gratitude when there's bad things that happen in our life? Yeah. And the only way to do that is not to allow circumstances to control us, but to be allow the, the idea of being modeled by Christ to control us. Yeah. And before we, I have, I do have a thought, but when, when you said all the people that are here, can you just set up to see, I know we're in Matthew, Yeah. but you're, just, you're saying that people are, might be victims who are there, right. what so, they're seeing. So Matthew and Matthew four, verse 23 says people came from Decapolis, Tiberias, you know, Jerusalem, Judea, Galilee, from all areas of around the sea of Galilee. And, Obviously, if you look at the Sea of Galilee today, it's not, there's, as far as things change, things have changed around there, but there's still no houses around the Sea of Galilee. They don't do that like our culture does. So this is at the the, the Sermon on the Mount? Yes, a Sermon of the Beatitudes. Okay. Um, and so we kind of have Jesus looking down into the Sea of Galilee and the people looking up to Jesus as he's speaking from the top of a mountain. And... The Sea of Galilee, and if you remember being there, we had Tiberius this way, we had Decapolis this way, and, you know, Decapolis was pagan, Tiberius, I, I don't remember if it was Herodian or Zionist, or, but, you know, we had we went through all those different things, and that's what Matthew does. He said all these people came from these areas, Decapolis, Judea, Jerusalem, and the surrounding areas, and, and I thought, man, anytime you get people together, you got people who have problems. Yeah. And so what kind of problems would they have? Well, they would have problems with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They would have problems with Rome as far as the social network goes. So they're sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to this man who's bringing hope, and at the same time wondering, how does this hope help me? Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're trying to, at least I'm trying to do, is trying to answer the why question. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to never be able to answer the why of why this happened. Why did this abuse take place in your life? Why did this betrayal take place in your life? Can't answer that. All I can say is, what is the why of what Jesus is doing in that yeah. situation? And that's what we're trying to kind of grab a hold of. And I love what you said yesterday too, of just that, that there had to have been, there had to have been victims in, in that group because not only were they dealing with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and they were dealing with the social aspects of Rome, let's like zoom in a little bit more. So what is, you know, we talked a little bit here and there of the, the women and like the culture of the, at that time, what women had were really just they they didn't have a voice they were property right. and um i don't even with rome let's zoom in a little bit more i mean abuse yeah. had to have been there of like i mean i i just can't imagine of like women taken advantage of or kids taken away or just like just think of like how brutal rome was and I, we don't really hear any of that but just think of like the social aspect of, of in a, an abuse way of like families that were ripped apart children that are poor poverty women who have to sell their bodies for, for food for their family or, sure. you know, I don't, for men that, you know, like you were saying, got fired and stuff. So I just, I love that. Like we, again, we often read 
you know, we you, the feeding of the five thousands or, or the sermon of what did the be the beatitudes? Yeah. yeah, is that the Sermon on the Mount? Yes. Okay, yeah. I've, I've actually never heard that before. Yeah. The more that you know, but hearing that stuff like that, you're just like, oh, there was a crowd, and then if you did grow up in in Bible school or Sunday school. You know, with the, I always forget the little felt. Flamograph. The flamograph. All yeah. they do is just show you like a big group of people and yeah. they might be happy and listening. Sure. But I, I just really, I really enjoyed that, that zooming in of like, and the reality of like, these people are, are probably without hope and some might be joyful and some might just need, they, they're just, they need to hear Jesus and they need to hear hope. Jesus in Matthew 6 later on and in, in, in Matthew chapter 6 is going to speak to something you just talked about. And there was a law that the Romans had picked up from the Babylonians. And the law of the Babylonians had was if a soldier was on a king's business, that he could grab anybody he wanted, boy, man or boy, and they would have to carry his military bag for one mile. After one mile, the bag would be put down and the boy could return home or the man could return home. Well, Rome came in and they said, we love this law. But... We're going to change it. Mm. So when the bag gets down, that soldier can say, pick it up again, and they have to go another mile. Mm. Comes, picks it, puts it down, pick it up, go down another mile. So what does Jesus say? Jesus said, he said, I say unto you, when someone asks you to go, go a mile, go two. Mm. And he just like blew the people away because they're saying, wait, wait a minute. That was, this was a law the Jewish people hated because you think about this, this could have separated boys from their homes or men from their homes for long periods of time as they're, they're carrying a bag for a Roman soldier across the Roman empire. Yeah. And it was just a horrific law, but that's one of the laws. That's one of the abuse things that kind of you talk about from the social uh, avenue of what took place during that day. And then, and again, what, you know, on our podcast, we always say like, you know, just know, like the, the importance of knowing the culture and knowing the geography of like, that's what, that's really what brings the text alive of, I, I don't know that I knew that law and to say like, I, I don't, you know, when you, you read that, I read that of like, you know, go, if somebody asks you to go a mile, go too. And in our Western culture, that would mean, we'll just like, we always have that saying, we'll, we'll go the extra mile yeah. and, you know, just work hard. And at that time in that culture, that meant something very specific, and uh, I just I just think that's so important. Yeah, no, absolutely. We uh, it would have it, 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 that aspects of Jesus' message may have offended everybody in the audience, other than the Romans. Totally. Well, I had that thought. Even you know, we just just how specific it was. Even when Jesus says, and this really caught my ear as well yesterday when you were when you were preaching of just when he the first words that jesus says is blessed are the poor in spirit yeah. and when we're taught again like if we're not putting on our culture eyes or our middle eastern goggles or perspective i just always thought i'm like that's a that's a very beautiful thing that jesus said blessed are the poor in spirit and but to those people of like really thinking of like that that those people that you, you're probably right they're just filled with victims mm-hmm. of or just people who have had real hardship who are probably tired and haggard and without hope and it, when you were just talking about yesterday of you know you mentioned that jesus might and we can go into this but jesus might have just like breathed in had a moment with god of like lord what do you want me to say to these people and then breathed out and just with the most compassion of like blessed blessed are the poor in spirit blessed are you who are listening I think we fail to realize sometimes the humanity of Jesus. Oh, yeah. Because, yes, Jesus was all God, but he didn't tap into the deity 
every single moment of his life here. He walked with his disciples. He didn't float and walk on a cloud. You know, he got hungry. He got tired. He he had these moments of humanity. And the scripture says, when he saw the multitudes, he went up into the mountain. And when he was set, and I've always, okay, what does it mean He when he was set? Does that mean he's ready now to teach? preach? Yes. But what if it had to do with prayer? Mm. What if it had to do with just taking a moment to breathe in this moment? Because he's going to introduce his ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about, you know, we're, we're kind of getting into the hot debates now of who's going to be running for president in the next mm-hmm. couple of years, especially from the Republican, yeah, especially from the Republican side. Um, and, and whoever that may be is not the issue, but the issue is going to be this. They're going to, they're going to have a platform. And their first message when they say, I'm running to be the president of the United States of America is going to be huge because they're going to set forth their idea of what a presidency would look like under his or her role. Mm -hmm. And so here's Jesus. And he's like, I am obviously outside of the woman at the well. He hasn't really came out and said, I am the Messiah. Now he has taught and he has preached and he has healed people. But this is the first mass audience he's had what's he going to say and the first thing he does is blessed are the poor in spirit for there's just the kingdom of heaven and it's this idea like and I, and I thought about this was jesus looking at someone specific who felt that they were poor in spirit or felt like they were the one who was mourned or felt like they yeah. were the one who was meek and and jesus is emphasizing because we, we one of the things we did is we said okay we understand hope, but what does hope understand about us? Yeah. And if Jesus is this hope, it's almost like Jesus there said, okay, I see you're poor in spirit. Yours is mm-hmm. the kingdom of heaven. I see that you're mourning. You will be uh, comforted. I see that you're meek. You're going to inherit the earth. I see that you're a peacekeeper. You'll be called the children of God. You know, and over and over, and yeah. it's just like, people are saying like, oh, this is what this is about. And this is, And there's this hope that just continues to, the, Jesus was flaming the, the hope, the flames of hope. And I, I mean, that's just so huge and again we're, we're zooming in on on the text and I, I've really never looked at this passage this way and even as we're talking I'm like oh my word you know you because when we you can't help it when we're, we're in just our American Western Western culture and you read it it's blessed are the poor in spirit and you just you're like oh that's like you I, I almost thought that was just like a you you hear it and you read it as a blanket it's like kind Poetry. of a, a blanket poet you know what I it's just kind of like I've just never thought of like you know, when you're listening to a speaker or somebody that, or even a pastor of like people that you have, you're listening to and they look right at you and it's like, I see you. I, I see that you're poor in spirit. I, and I just thought that's, that's such a new thing for me of like, he's talking to individual people and to the masses at the same time. Yeah. You know, preaching on Sunday mornings, you have, you have a vast audience of people who have different walks of life, who have different issues happening in his or her life. You can't, you Sunday mornings, it's it's not easy to say, you know, I know you're going through a through a hard mar- a hard thing in your marriage right now, or I know your child has rebelled. We don't we don't do that so much on Sunday. But I was doing a divorce recovery workshop once, and we went in and I said, Hey, listen, I know you feel betrayed, or I know you the I know you're the one who did the betraying, you know, and and we just had different characteristics there that that because it was a more specific audience, and and there was an immediate feel from the audience of like, I'm connecting with you because you're, you are touching an area of my heart that's very sensitive. And I think that's what Jesus was doing because Jesus, although all human, yes, he was also all God. And I think he could see people as God saw them. 
And that would be our hope as well, is that we could see people as God sees them, but definitely Jesus did. And, and he could he could detect those who had the blessings. Mm-hmm. The, and, and that's where the word beatitudes come from, blessed attitude. I didn't know that. Yeah. Did not know that. So, um, all kinds of new things. I know, so, and on this podcast, yeah, so. learn about coffee, learn about <laughs> Sermon on the Mount. Yeah, and so we looked at the Beatitudes as if, okay, if... What does it mean again? Ble- a blessed attitude. A blessed attitude. Yeah. Um, so when we look at those, it's this idea of Jesus said, okay, I know that these things have happened. You know, even when he says rejoice when men revile you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Just like say, I'm identifying with your circumstances. Mm -hmm. I understand why you mourn. I understand why you feel the way you do, but let me help you start from the inside out looking at this differently. Yeah. And so blessed are those who mourn. You're going to be comforted or Hey, uh, yours is the kingdom of heaven and you should be called the children of God or you shall see, you shall see God. And we have these beautiful, outward things that Jesus talks about, but it all starts with us making a choice coming from the inside out. Yeah. So that's, that was kind of the gist of that whole idea of that first part. I so, I so enjoyed that. And then let's just go ahead and talk about, um, just, just, uh, I think everybody, anytime you hear the word identity, I, I, you didn't say the word identity, but I always write that down of, I am who Jesus says I am. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, I don't know when it was, written but you know the song i am who i i oh, am yeah. who, i am who jesus says i am um i am well, how's the song go that the bridge part i am chosen yeah. or I, well there's a whole song that says uh, you know somebody i am who he says i am i am who you say i am i am i think it's the i am chosen not forsaken i am who you say i am you are for me not against me i am who you say i am yeah you know and i think there's a is there might be a bridge where we just kind of continuously repeat that i am who he says i am and we're like, yeah, yeah, we sing it, but do we believe it? Mm-hmm. And I think Jesus now is he's coming in and he's saying, listen, okay, if you're going to start from the inside out, now let me tell you what it looks like. Mm-hmm. You're going to be salt. You're going to be light. You're going to be this exposure mm-hmm. of God that, that people haven't seen before. And and so we just kind of broke down salt, light, and exposure uh, yesterday. Because I, I, I think sometimes we, we say terms and people are like, okay, Let's go. Let's go on. But but what did Jesus mean by those terms? Because yeah. words change. Yeah. So over time, many words have changed. Before we, because I, I I'd like to. I have a few notes of. Because I, I, I loved what you said about being the salt and the light. But just before we even get into that, do what would how do you how would you say that you have found your identity in Christ? Because we always talk about even just like a a little tidbit of like, did you find it when you were in college when you were leading? I think I think it's in the I think it's in the nitty gritty. I think it's um, when something happens, and you and you're sitting there thinking I have an intentional choice to either go the way that my flesh is wanting to go right now, or choose to go the way Jesus would have me to go. And, and even if I failed and went my and went the wrong way, later repent, ask God to forgive me, and come back to you know come back and try to make it the best out of that you can, or you, you win and you do what Jesus wants you to do. Um, I think that's one thing. I think it's in the nitty gritty. It's not, there's no perfect life. There's no perfect situation where what? people, <laughs> where, where people just, everything falls in place. Now, some people may say, well, now my life is all falling in place. And that's great if people feel that, but, but that doesn't mean bad things haven't happened in his or her life. And 
what do we do with that? How, how do we handle that? And I, I think that's a big indicator. Um, I think gratitude is one where can I be thankful in things that I necessarily don't want to be thankful in? Yeah. And what, what do I do about that? I, I don't think God expects us to be on the cloud, you know, the, the mountaintop every single day. But he doesn't expect us to remain in the valley every day either. Yeah. It's a climb. And, and I think every day we learn and we do that by getting into the word, praying, um, you know, even attending church. Um, I, I've heard I've heard preachers say in the past that if you'll be in the Bible every day and you pray routinely and you're in the house of God, let's say four to six times consecutively, four to six weeks every Sunday. It's not that the problems are going to reside in your life. It's just going to have a different approach to those problems as yeah. a result of how God is dealing with you. Yeah. And so that's been some of the ways I have. What about yourself? Well, I, I also asked because we, we held a young adults uh, Bible study at our, our house last night. And, uh, you know, anytime you're in high school, middle, middle school, high school, you're dealing with like young, young people or youth and young adults. Um, and we all struggle with this as an adult, but when it's like your identity, like that is such like the world is in, an identity crisis like yeah. who am i yeah. and uh when that can be that was something I, I really struggled with as as a kid growing up of like i was super insecure i didn't i wasn't confident and uh coming from the back end and just kind of even like when you say nitty-gritty getting into that like well i'm insecure and i just like i don't know who i am and f- placing I've, i was just talking to somebody about it last night of when you it sounds like it's on a fortune cookie sometimes because we see it so much of find your identity in Christ. But what that actually looks like is, you know, even in when you're trying to figure out who you are, even as an adult, it's like you just you don't know how you would handle a certain situation. You're right. like, who who am I and how would I react to this? But just in the sense of talking in youth when they're really struggling to find who they are. Well, you know, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but, you know, you're in a young marriage. I'd be in a marriage that would be considered... I don't want to say old, but you know we're we're in kind of a unique territory with some with some with some is that we're in our we we hit the thirty year mark. Mm-hmm. Well, you haven't hit two yet. Yeah. But there are moments, even being married at thirty years, I'm sure is the same as true being married under two, where our spouse may do something, and the first thing we want to do is snap back. Mm-hmm. And is that what something Jesus would? And God's even used that in my life because. As a husband, he says, love your wife as Christ loved the church. And I'm like, I don't always do that. Yeah. And um, obviously my wife's not here to to defend what she has learned, but I'm sure she'd probably say some, something about from her perspective as well. But my point is this, is that even in the situation you're in, whether you're married or you're single or you're young or, you know, like you said, college and career, um, that's not the issue. The issue is how am I handling my circumstance right here, right now? Yeah of who I am and how is God using these circumstances to grow me to be the young man or the young lady that uh, he wants me to be in him. I agree. I really do. And, and I, you know, I always try to even bring it back even more of like when you're really struggling with like, it's like, even who am I to make the decision? Like, you know, when I know that we're not perfect when we, when we act that way, but I just, I've always said like, Lord, when I've really been searching for who I am and in the early days, I'm, you know, just when you're really lost and you you see the young people, you're like, they're just finding themselves right now, you know, of in that, in that headspace, I'm just like, I have prayed like, Lord, I don't know who I am right now, but I know that I'm a daughter of the King. So just yeah. show me who I am in you. Yeah. And that's, that's probably one of the ways when it says like, 
I am who Jesus says I am. And mm-hmm. you, you know, lies that come in of like, you're worth nothing. You're not enough. Or, you know, whatever it is that we, we come in of, of dispelling those lies of like, no, this, this is who Jesus says I am. And I know my identity. I know that he's put in me something good to make this right decision, to be more like Jesus. Yeah. And whether you're at the beginning of that in the middle, it doesn't matter. We're all in the process. Yeah. And I guarantee there's something that can happen in each of our lives today that will rock our world, make us question, make us doubt, but we come back to the single fact, who am I Who am I in Jesus? Mm-hmm. And I'm a daughter of the king or I'm a son of the king type thing. I'm a, I'm a princess, I'm a prince. I'm, you know, the common denominator is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it comes back to what we were talking about earlier. Am I going to allow that circumstance to just rock my world to begin to form me? Or am I going to fall back on what the second thing we've been talking about is what does Jesus want to do in this circumstance because of who I am in him? Yeah. And... One of the things that I, I've, I've, I've kind of learned over time is when something upsets me, when something doesn't go my way, I ask myself, is it going to matter tomorrow? Will it matter tomorrow? You know, and, and you know, this is, this is, this has stopped a lot of fights from happening that no one even knew would be a fight, you know, because I'm just like, does this, does this really? And I'm and obviously I'm not saying this out loud. I'm saying this in my mind, but I'm just like, does this really matter in the big picture? You know, and most of the time, no, it doesn't. So it's just like, okay, don't make a big deal of something that's not a big deal. And I'm just talking about personal things. I'm not yeah. telling what people to do, but I'm just, that's another thing that God has done too. It's like, hey, James, you know, is this, this going to matter tomorrow? Is this going to matter next year? Are you going to re- even remember this? Yeah. And I'm like, oh man, I know I will remember the fight if a fight happens. Yeah. But if it never happens, will I even remember being upset about something that wasn't a big deal? Yeah. So, and one of the, one of the things, um, if I can just share, you know, we're just, taken turns but and I, I'd like to talk about this in a worship thing too but even you know for those of you who aren't listening that may be leading in certain areas or something that I, again like f- finding my identity in Christ and I am who Jesus says I am of like the times that you get like super nervous or like I've really prayed certain prayers of just like on the times where I the lies come of like oh I'm, I'm not the person for this job or like right. I have to go up and lead and I don't feel confident I don't I feel really shaky of just praying of like, Lord, please just hide me behind your cross. Like, let them see you in me. Mm-hmm. Like, and that, I just feel like that has helped dispel so much. You know, we always say like less of me and more of you. And, and I just, I've found with certain people, like pastors leading people in their lives that like, they're like, Oh my word, you're, they're just so confident. And they're just, they know who they are and stuff. And if you really ask for the most part in a, in a really centered person, you'll, I, I just feel like the answer is, well, I, like, I just, I love Jesus and I found my identity in Jesus. And when we become less of us and more of Jesus, that is when we truly find out who, who we're created to be and who we are. I just, I feel like it's a whole cop- topic and in itself yeah. anyway. Yeah, it is. And it'd be interesting to hear from people listening to this about how they're finding their identity in Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is next steps. And um, one of the goals is not just to review what happened on Sunday at our church, but also to help people with next steps. And I think this is a great next step for people. It's like, okay, what am I allowing Jesus to do in my life to be more like him? Or am I, on the other hand, allowing my circumstances to kind of dictate who I am? Yeah. You know, we get up, it's raining out, we're in a bad mood. We get up, the sun's out. We're in a really good mood, especially now in January in the state of Indiana. But um, why why does that control who? Why does that control my emotions? 
And what if, what if I just got up every day and said, I'm, I'm a son or a daughter of the king? And that began to control my emotions. Yeah. And, I, and I think that's probably what I, where our next steps probably should be at. Is for, like, just respond to this underneath this video and just say, hey, here's where I'm learning or here's where I'm struggling. I mean, let's, let's be honest. Not everybody's, uh, not everybody is on it every day after day. There's, there's yeah. struggles each day. To, to serve God. That's why it's called dis discipline, you know, spiritual discipline. So, but uh, I think if we have these next steps toward this, it'd be great. Yeah, no, so, I agree. So I'm Pastor Adcock with Miss Darby Bell Adcock, and we want to thank you for listening. Hope to hear from you and, and read your comments a little bit down the road. Yeah. Have a great day.